Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646 716 4972. Now, here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. So good to have you with us, everybody. Excited to get into this hot topic discussion. This all really started with, of course, Mr. Technology himself, Alan Pollock. When he was working at Fiserv, he invited me to speak at a conference, and I was so honored by that. And while I was there, the chairman of Fiserv walked up on stage, folks, and he says, I want to show you the future and listen and just get ready. It's such an important thing for you to know and see what's available to you. And he says, hey, Sophie, I just want to know what's in my bank accounts. And up pops this digital human that was so live and so emotionally connecting. And she says, your bank accounts are this. You got this much money in this account. And he said, by the way, Sophie, how much did I transfer to my son, Ben, at college? Last month, you hear this, pretty soon, you, you transferred to Ben last month, $1,100. Does Ben need some more money? Yes, Sophie. He's asking for some more money. Well, over the last few months, you've been paying this, and you only sent him 1100 last month. You may want to increase it. Okay, so if you go ahead and transfer to his bank account another $400, so we have him at the $1,500. And then remind me about that next week. She says, thanks. Is there anything I can help you with? But the most important part is I watched this engagement, the logical, normal conversation with this digital human up there and the humor that came across. It was so engaging. And as he ended up his segment, he says, this is the future. It is here now. And so we're excited to have the company. It was called FaceMe.com back then. Today, they've rebranded their name. They moved from New Zealand to here, Austin, Texas. And joining us today on the Hot Topic segment is the president and founder of Unique, spelled U-N-E-E-Q, Danny Thompson. Thanks, David. All right, good. So it's so good to have you here. And also joining you is Tyler Merritt. He's a vice president of the platform at Unique. I am excited to get into this disruptive new technology and talk about how we can form digital emotional connections, increasing our customer experience. So it's so good to have you here. And Alan, thank you so much for introducing me to this company. So let's get into defining for our audience, what is a digital human? Please help us out. I've seen it, and we're going to encourage people to go check out the website, but describe what is the best definition for a digital human? Yeah, and firstly, thank you, Dave, for the opportunity to be on the podcast. It's been fascinating just listening to some of the earlier conversations, obviously teeing up a lot of relevance to what we're going to talk about. And funnily enough, I think the FISERV story, the craziest thing about that is, in hindsight, I should have made it a video, but we did that all live. So it was real-time live demo. So anything could have happened. 
And so you can imagine sitting there in that audience of, I don't know how many of us were there, thousands, right? And you're just hoping that it goes well. Obviously, it, it went phenomenally well. And it was great to hear you talk, tell that story because, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty cool night. But what was fascinating about that is a lot of people came to us afterwards and they said, so what is a digital human? And so we showed them, uh, obviously, Sophie is really a visual representation of what most of us know as chatbots. So it's artificial intelligence. But in the same way that we heard Dr. Shell actually talk about the difference between seeing numbers on a page and graphs and the visual interaction is the same thing we noticed when we put a human element on top of a chatbot and created an interface that was more emotionally engaging, more conversational, and in many ways, just more visual, more connected to the visual elements, very much became to us and, and many now in the market that the evolution of conversational artificial intelligence was going to move this way. And it was going to matter to us because as humans, we love that visual interaction. It makes yeah. things more engaging and easier. That is so true. Alan, please jump in. We're going to get all the regulars on the podcast involved in this because I know as we start talking about this, it really kind of stirs up just all the possibilities and also, quite frankly, some fears. And one of the fears I wanted to spell very quickly is, does this mean that we're going to be replaced? In any role you have, does that mean you're going to be replaced? And the answer is unequivocally no. And I, I've gone through this myself, looking at it, at the possibilities. But Alan, you ran a major project when you were at Fiserv working with what is now unique. Talk about that, and what are some of the things you learned out of that experience? That you can take what is complex, David, and put it into a script and then build a conversation around it. And, and what's really difficult is building the conversation because you need to be able to speak to a digital human and say, wait, can you step backwards or can you give me more detail on that? And the digital human, it has to be able to understand different dialects and different ways you say different things. And there's a lot of technology and there's a lot of architectural sort of programming that goes behind the scenes. But to create that experience really takes a lot of work. But once it's done, it works really, really well. So Danny, maybe you want to talk about that a little bit and what goes into really putting that together. Yeah, I think we often use this term augmentation because we believe that in most of the cases we see this technology really thriving, it's more about the fact that you can capture the best experience or even thinking about your best employee and recreating what they do really well and providing that at scale because it's impossible to scale them. And so being able to do that, you have to capture what they do well. And to do that, you need to break down the process and I guess the problem that they're solving, and in most cases, it's people asking questions. If you think about, say, uh, loan origination or mortgage origination, yeah, there's a range of questions and concerns that people have. We all have different backgrounds and capabilities, and it's through that that you really spend time understanding what are the most common questions, what are the most common problems people have, and then you go to your experts in your organization, you come up with ways of really creating answers that are meaningful and helpful. And once AI's got that under its belt, it can do it day in, day out really, really well. And so then you think about, wow, we now can make this accessible 24 by 7 to anyone 
and even in multiple languages. And so that's really how the augmentation works well. Alan, when you were looking at the project you were working on, is this something that was on the lending side of the business? I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, the the example that I had set out to do with Danny and his team was to know your borrower, know your customer, and be able to work with them through a process within online banking, but more importantly, to help them understand their purchase or refinance needs for a mortgage loan. And to use information that you either collect through conversation or that you already know about them, and to be able to furnish a conversation that builds trust and walks them down yeah. the path as the best loan officer. And the example that we put together, really what it did is it created a workflow that asked all of the necessary questions up front, provided the ability to allow the borrower to ask questions as well, and then walk them through a visual orientation, including a face-to-face -face conversation of that refinance process. I was amazed at how you can program and create using natural language processing and different technology to create that experience. And then Danny and his team were able to connect to different APIs on the back end that were able to get data at the same time. So when you think about being able as a loan officer to talk to a borrower, you can only do one or two things at a time to maintain your train of thought. This is something that can perform multiple tasks in parallel and receive information that you would never be able to receive within that same time frame and even sometimes be as accurate. That's amazing. So it's really, it's really a, a unique process. Yeah, Tyler, I want to get you in on this conversation and start talking about what does this problem solve, Tyler? What are we really looking at when you look at digital humans? Thanks so much, David, for having us. And you guys are doing a phenomenal job positioning what we're doing. I'm just in awe at how much of an impact this has had. For businesses, the last 10 years, even before that, has been all about automation, right? In order to cost save, in order to speed up the process and grow, we've had to automate. And we've automated so much that we've automated the human out of the process. And now you have large consultancies and large brand organizations talking about the human experience. That's really right. become a buzzword. And COVID has only exacerbated that because we've been cut off unceremoniously from one another. And people are, are realizing how much they've lost in just having social interaction. So Gartner back in 2015 said by 2025, 85% of interactions between customers and businesses will be automated. Wow. And that leaves only 15% eye contact, right? And just to put it in, in context, my grandfather was a realtor. And I spent half my childhood in Pensacola. And in the South, he taught me when you meet someone, you shake their hand firmly, you look them in the eye, right? And that is how right. you kind of establish your rapport with that person, whether it's a friend, a professor, a customer. It's just something human, very, very necessarily human to have that face-to-face -face interaction. And that's what this solves. We've lost the human element from a lot of these processes. And unique is about ejecting the, the personality back in that process, right? We're trying to put the human back into an automated world, which is necessary, right? But we are solving for this emotional deficit that has been created in the pursuit of automation. And to your point earlier, this is not about replacing anybody's jobs. There, there's so much work to go around. <laughs> Why would we yeah. as a company yes. focus on <laughs> taking from one and replacing with what we have? We're trying to inject humanity
into a space where it's been lost. And that's very, very important. It's, it's difficult to quantify in the typical ROI, TCO kind of financials conversations, which is why people are, are still wrapping their minds around how important it is to have that emotional connection. That's right. how trust develops, right? Without that eye contact, yep. how would my grandfather ever have sold a single home in the South without being able to look somebody in the eye, right? This is who you're doing business right. with. So if brands want to have a brand ambassador and they want to have an emotional connection with the, the people they serve, this is very necessary. I, I'm so excited about it. I want to get over to Matt for a minute. And Matt, I'm looking at your website. And again, I'm looking at how much data is there. How cool would it be to have a digital human on there calling your attention to uh, some of the specifics and giving a quick update on the latest market data? I mean, it's just the possibilities of this is amazing, especially when you're dealing like with what you and Andy deal with. And that is just copious amounts of data and information. What are your thoughts? Where I could find a digital human like that and how much would they work for? Yeah. I wanted to jump in on that actually, Matt. I would love to talk to you because we have been working with a company that distills financials directly from a database into language. And so believe it or not, the problem that you're describing, we have a solution for. That's how new this yeah. is, is that it, people are still not aware of it. But it definitely is clearly going to be where things end up going in the future because I can think just in my own experience running this site that there are, if I knew how to uh, code it and if I had the wherewithal to do the tech side of it, I could definitely write uh, some sort of logic that would inform an automated response based on the thousands of responses I've given to the same questions over the years. So it, it just makes total sense from a logical standpoint. And it's definitely something that would help my website and I think a lot of, a lot of other websites that attempt to distill information that was previously thought to be too specialized and too proprietary to ever be automated. You're exactly right. This is what artificial intelligence unlocks as well. It's the ability to allow data to speak now through user interaction. And that's something that's very new, but in the next three to five years, that's going to become a new standard. And I think that's where you see the fact that we've built so much data and back-end process and the advancements now in digital humans and, and AI technology will surface that into standard conversation. So business intelligence, insights, market trends, all those things are going to become one question away to a good answer. It's so fun as you start looking at the possibilities. Andy Shell, Profit Doctor, you start listening to the potential, especially when you hear there's a product. Man, that lines with you. And right now, that's not something out in the future, Andy Shell. That's here now. Uh, hey, Danny. Hey, Tyler. I have two questions. When will AI be able to hear dialect and actually respond correctly? And then the, the second part of that is that when it doesn't respond correctly, are you realize that you're in an AI loop? And how do you get out of it once you're in it if you don't want to be there? The evolution of particularly natural language understanding, which is part of the biggest problem you're talking to, it comes down to um, design as much as anything and the way that you're effectively trying to take a customer on a journey. And if it's poorly designed, that's how you create loops. Uh, it effectively means mm -hmm. you, you haven't really thought about false positives or anything like that in your design element. And, mm -hmm. and naturally, I think that's where Alan was talking to it takes an investment 
of time and both design and then architecting and, and then obviously the execution to avoid that. And we've seen examples where that's done incredibly well. And then we've got examples which are really quite wide in scope. So if you think about like Alexa or Siri, there's a few things that they do very well, but many things that they don't. And that's because right. the general intelligence or the, the, the scope of what they're trying to, I guess, solve for is still quite far out of reach. And it will take more time. I think we've seen some interesting developments from Facebook and others around training across major size data sets. And with that has enabled their accuracy to understand what you are asking to be very high. In fact, to simulate a human response better than anything I've seen before. So I don't think we're that far away. To, to really get specific, when you understand the process and if you have a narrow domain of what people are going to be asking, you can design for that today and do a very effective job. Like You'll be up in the probably the low 90s of accuracy around what's going on. And then you can deal with the exceptions through design as well, right? So you can always bring support, people, humans, other things into to helping with that. All right, that's very exciting to hear. So my son's an originator, and he was telling me that he has the same conversation with 20 different people every week. And so it's just over and over and over and over and over. You just run through the spiel and get the application moving. Yeah. When can this replace that so that the originators can talk about product selection and more advanced things than just gathering data? Today, 100% what you've just described is the business problem we exist to solve. We exist wow. to have that repetitious conversation right now to free up knowledge workers like your son to talk about things that they need to inject that ideation into. You were describing factual-based responses versus advice, right? We're not going to replace yes. lawyers or doctors or anybody who needs to sort of infer a future state of the world with the current state of AI, but we can absolutely unburden them from explaining the things that they have to explain continuously, which in the mortgage field is a huge drain on resources, right? It's, it's a multi-billion dollar drain with the fact that there's low literacy. Our financial literacy and our health literacy in, in America is not as high as it should be. So explaining concepts like what is APR versus APY, these are things that people need to know. And that's what a digital human can do very effectively because there's no judgment, right? When someone wants to ask that question to your son, they may worry, is he going to think I'm stupid? That's a common experience for all of us. We keep our mouths closed. That's a problem. Well, that's a great point. And a digital a human point. doesn't judge. So ask the question 50 times, 50 different ways, and it will give you a thorough response. And people can feel more relaxed and more free to educate themselves because they're not going to be judged. I want to learn more. You can go to digitalhumans.com. Or if you type in unique, U-N-E-E-Q.com, it'll redirect you to digitalhumans.com. It's amazing as you guys landed that URL. So kudos to you on that, Danny and Tyler. Uh, I think it's important to inject at this moment, Tyler, you were actually in the mortgage business. You understand the mortgage lending process. So we have a friend and someone familiar with this. I was working for a company that did lending for mortgages, but I worked at a company. It wasn't my own company. And so, yeah, I am familiar with the process. It's been a few years since I worked there. So uh, my knowledge may be a little out of date, but yeah, go ahead. Well, the point of it is we have a company with the technology that is now. 
That's why I said at the beginning of the program, folks, we're meeting the future. You can get a hold of this company right now, Unique, and start working on it now. And here's why this is so important. Somebody who's listening to this podcast is already writing this down. I'm getting text messages right now, folks. They're saying, I want to learn more. Don't give their website. Just send it to me. They're wanting to lock this up because this is a game changer. It is going to have such a powerful impact. Let me give you an idea just how much it is. My brother used to have an investment banking firm, also had a venture capital firm. And they were looking to invest in a company like this 12 years ago. And they ran a test. Would someone rather talk to a human or a digital? And there was a lot of doubt. Why would someone want to talk to a computer? I think it was 86% of the time they preferred the computer because of the words you brought up. And that was a lack of judgment. So what I want to go next with this is I want to start getting into proper boundaries. We started touching on this basically, but what is realistic expectations today where you, we could actually see this? We've got a mortgage listing industry. So if you could make it as specific as possible to the mortgage industry, that'd be great. We've yeah. got customers today in, in the US and in Australia, New Zealand and Europe, and they're using this in this particular industry and one of my favorite clients is a digital-only bank, and they focus a majority of their businesses around mortgage origination. And so if we think about today and really what's viable, they're focused on particularly around the issue of questions that people have when they're coming through a digital website, and they're trying to understand some of the questions that may not make sense to them. And so they're typically about I think in their world, I think there's about 160 very common questions that they get day in, day out that's coming through the website. And so they've got what they created was uh, Mia. She's on the website and she can help. Uh, the bank's called Ubank. It's part of National Australia Bank. And they're amazing. They're growing at 400% year on year on new, new business. So this technology is really working well for them. The second part that they then focused on was um, I don't know about you guys, but I hate forms. And so they're really using this technology now to try take out the form process wherever they can. Obviously, there's regulations and compliance requirements that prohibit this particular industry and getting rid of them completely. But there is a process to the application and even they're doing some of the um, KYC around this now and using the digital human to fulfill that. And I think those two particular requirements and helping with frequently asked questions and also helping remove some of the, I guess, the painful form completion process is always a good thing. So that's where we've seen it be most successful. Wow. Very exciting. I wanted to bring up the uh, work we did for the COVID-19 thing. We took the CDC's information and we put it into Sophie's brain. And we had just a phenomenal conversion on people asking the things that they were most concerned about. One of these questions was, can I get COVID from my dog or cat? And then can I give COVID to my dog or cat? This was a frequently asked question when we were looking at the analytics. It shows that people, there's humanity in in all of us, of course, and people are very concerned about you know, they're, they're families, and we think of families as other humans, but a lot of people, that love in their hearts extends. And so it was quite interesting to see that that was a major point of concern. So we get to serve the customer's question, right, with a great answer coming from a reputable source, but we also get to look at the analytics and figure out what's important to people. 
And that's another real part of the conversational AI space is that the thing about sending a survey, how did we do? That's on the back of the truck looking where you've been, right? But we want to be in the driver's seat looking where we're going. And so analytics are going to really change with the adoption of conversational AI because you'll know in the moment what people are asking and why that matters. And companies like in the mortgage lending business will be able to pivot their messaging on advertising, on websites, how you talk to people on the phone. You will know what those top 10 questions are and how they'll change over time, right? So that was a very interesting work that we did just in the past few months. And that website's still up. You can go to digitalhumans.com and there's a link there to, to go to our COVID subsite. It's very, very cool. Check it out. Very cool. I, I went there. I was just amazed about it. This, and before we get too far, I want to say there's an event coming up July 14th. You've asked me to participate in it. I'm very excited to do so from 2 p.m. until 4 p.m. Central Time. It's at the Digital Humans Day. And so you can get more information, folks. So check it out. Go to, again, digitalhumans.com. As you come into the website, it'll be at the top and you can click to register. So it's something we need to be looking at. And I want to go back to the here and now parts of this thing. I know you're going to get phone calls out of this and they're going to start saying, okay, what is the process and how long does it take? Is it hundreds of thousands of dollars and months and months, or is it a lot less and both the money and time. The COVID demo that Tyler referenced, we had a very short period of time. So we were able to stand that up in two weeks. Now, that was very fast. In two, did you say that in two weeks? Uh, yeah, we did that one in two weeks. It's definitely the fastest we've done it. But while what I wanted to reference with that was because the CDC already had a whole lot of data that we could use, uh, we were able to train very quickly on that. Now, we weren't at full optimized experience. It took another six weeks after that, we really optimized. We learned what people were asking. We improved it. But yeah, in the first two weeks, we covered a good 60 to 70% of what people were already asking and needing. And then we just optimized right up to 90 plus now on that COVID demo. And people can experience that for themselves just to see time frame. What could you achieve? And we've kind of got through a point now where we're seeing traffic reduce. I think a lot of people are now aware of COVID. Our approach was take away judgment and help with health literacy and just inform people. And so there was a time where there was a lot of misunderstanding, misinformation on COVID. So we really wanted to use it for that. Now it's probably becoming a little less relevant. And that's just the purpose of that particular demo. But the nature of our customers and what they need to look at, they need to be thinking about an investment, I think, of no shorter than two months. So you need to be thinking about eight weeks uh, and a very small team you probably could do with some content experts. Uh, You're going to need a developer. You're going to want to have your marketing people involved in that as well. So that's really to get a a proof of concept and something really running well uh, in eight weeks that will um, be very effective and you'll be able to really grow it and build it from there. Wow, that's amazing. Alan, jump in on this expectations discussion, what should, based on your experience, what's your thoughts? Well, my experience is different because we were building something new and it goes back a little time. Plus, Danny, I think I drove you and your team a little crazy, but it was a lot of fun. But Danny's right. And I think it's so important because there was a point where we had a live working demo and we were showing thousands of people together. And it worked in noisy crowds, which was really unique. And what's kind of funny is 
some of the most popular questions I even fielded was, can you make it look like my brand, my organization? And that's something, right? So you want to continue to expand your brand as a lender. You want to be the assistant for your loan officers or the first face that somebody has on a Sunday when they're at an open house or their home and they want to ask a quick question. There's so many uses for a digital human and they, they, the technology is so powerful. So the answer is yes, you can get out the door. It could be quick. It could just be simple questions. It doesn't have to be a full-blown digital human that can cover an entire loan refinance. It can be as simple as asking specific questions that you have very simple answers for, and then you expand over time. So out of the door, I think Danny and team and everyone's correct. You can get out pretty easy. Yeah, Tyler, when you and I were talking about this, you were saying that this is something that could, I think, was it a month or two and a fairly reasonable investment? This could be at least have start providing some functionality. Talk about that, what you're seeing others doing, Tyler. Yeah, there's so there's a lot of chatbots that people have already invested in. We can take that investment as the brain and put it inside our digital human, right? So if there is a huge body of work that's gone into some platform, none of our customers need to walk away from that. We can connect with our open APIs, and I've done it in as little as two hours, literally two hours. Wow. Right? So if you're talking like in Alan's case, he's building something, as he said, from nothing, Danny's giving a great baseline for approaching it and getting something stood up. And I'm saying if there's a customer out there that already put three years worth of FAQ type questions into their chatbot, we can turn the key and that can become a digital Mm. human experience. And when you talk about investment, digital human day coincides very intentionally with a major announcement that we're going to make that's really going to floor people in terms of pricing. So that's quite exciting. I'm not going to give anything away, but when that comes <laughs> out and people see the actual money, it's a why not investment at that point. So we're not talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars at all anymore. If people want to have this human experience, they can get started very quickly and very, very inexpensively. Well, I can't wait to start exposing you more and more. Uh, we're getting questions in from our audience. One question came in. Ask Danny why he moved from, from New Zealand, my favorite place on the planet, to Austin, Texas. He says, I love Austin, but man, why? <laughs> That's one of the questions. So real quickly, we'll get that one. Look, it's, it's purely about the fact that my wife and I love adventure, and we also we're seeing uh, a lot of growth in the U.S. market. So I needed to be here. We're growing our commercial team in the U.S. for, for the globe. And uh, we keep our R&D and development in New Zealand. But, yeah, very much moving the headquarters for commercial here to Austin, which is a great place. And I love it. I love New Zealand, but we're really loving Austin, Texas. It's a cool part wow. of the U.S. It is a cool part of the U.S., and we're so glad you're here. This is where we came to. And uh, while I can't wait to get to New Zealand, we're, we're enjoying Austin. One of the other questions that just came in, is there any mortgage companies currently using this or could we be the first if we get on it right away? That's hilarious. Yeah, so I'm going to give that one to Tyler. So the, the short answer is in the U.S. market in particular, there is a number of customers that have inquired in the recent months and Tyler is working closely with them. So if someone wants to move really fast, I suggest they need to move quick if they want to be first out in the U.S. market. <laughs> so there is some traction yeah, already happening. This is not surprising. There, there definitely is. I, I don't want to uh, call out a company by name, but let's say that 
there are many people thinking about disruption and we are actively working with a few of them on it. So definitely, if you want to be a, an early first mover in this space, now is the time. Now is the time. And best place for people to go to learn more is going to your website. If you give us that information, if any phone numbers and contact information, let's go ahead and get that out now. Digitalhumans.com. That's where you need to go. We're all available by phone once we connect with you via email. We definitely took that name unique, U-N-E-E-Q.com, because every digital human is unique, just like all of us are That's unique. It. So yeah. should be easy to remember. <laughs> Shouldn't be any difficulty for people to remember those two sites. Definitely come check us out. We'd be happy to take you through a demo, happy to talk about issues facing your business and how we might be able to solve that with digital human. And Danny, what can we expect to have play out and then have, have you add to it, Tyler? But Danny, what about Digital Human Day on July 14th? What's going to be going on there? Yeah, so we're, we're fortunate enough to have a, uh, a great panel, including yourself and people like Richard Socher, who's okay. the chief scientist of Salesforce. He's a, also an investor in our company, but he's going to be doing a fireside chat with me. And we're going to be bringing in some uh, other industry experts that are very much close to the front line of where this technology is going, but also what is it doing today. Uh, so really excited about that. And equally, I think we want to also talk to some of the brand elements of digital humans. It's something that we don't talk a lot of. Tyler mm. kind of touched on it. When you think about the world we live in today, you think about Geico Gecko, you think Flow at Progressive, Ronald McDonald. Brand ambassadors are something that I believe is you know, very much a normal part of our lives, but it's very one-directional. And when we move into this digital world, we're going to find two-way communication, a real key part of connecting our consumers and customers with our brand. Digital humans are really effective brand ambassadors. So we're going to spend some time really bringing some key brand people in, into the panel and to the guest speakers to talk about that aspect of it as well. That is so exciting. Alan, let's let you wrap this up. And any other thoughts you want to share with us and our listening audience on this topic? You're certainly probably the one that's the most experienced of anyone in our industry on it already. So let you start wrapping this up. Well, thanks, David. The only thing I really can leave our audience with is that you really need to contact the Danny Tyler and team. They just do a fantastic job. The innovation just continues to scream all things possible, and you will be extremely impressed by what they can do. And again, like I mentioned earlier, you don't have to bite off more than you can chew. You can start small. And then as Danny and Tyler said, you can also get out and running pretty quickly. So super exciting. I think you should reach out to them. And, and Danny and Tyler, I'm also very excited to continue to watch what you guys do and, and to see some more Sophies come alive. And I wish I could have trademarked Sophie because she was something special, but it sounds like Sophie's expanded into many different industries and uses at this point, but uh, good to hear. Yeah, thanks, Alan. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm excited to be participating on that. Again, check out the website, Unique. Uneq.com or just put in digitalhumans.com. I got locked onto Unique and I love that name, but either way, you'll get right to this website. Check it out thoroughly, folks. Need to learn more about it and then make sure you register for the Digital Human Day. It's a two hour commitment. And if you want to learn more, it's a great place to go. It is the future and the future is now, as we said at the beginning of the podcast. And it's time for you to get on board or be left in dust. Rate of adoption, the rate of disruption that's taking place in the market is just astounding. 
and you want to be up on top of it. Thank you so much for being here, Danny Thompson, and I'm so grateful to Tyler for our earlier conversation. I think we're going to start getting you back with some regularity because I really wanted to talk about conversational AI. We wanted to talk about Watson and Google's digital flow and Microsoft, I think it's Lewis, you said, and Amazon Lex, and all these technologies that are contributing into all this. There's so much happening, and I want to make sure our listening audience is up on it. So we're definitely going to have you back, and I appreciate you being here today. Thank you both so much. Thanks, David. Thanks very much. It's a real pleasure. Next week, folks, we've got coming back to the podcast, we've got Rajesh Bhatt, and uh, he is CEO and co-founder of Roostify. Really looking forward to it. We pre-recorded this conversation, and there was so much that we could have gone into. We had to pre-record it and edit it to get it just fitted into the time allotment, but I'm really excited to having uh, Rajesh here. You'll love the conversation. Again, very innovative insights into innovation that's happening into the industry, folks. We're so grateful that you took time to listen to this podcast. Share it with others, everyone. A special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, the Community Lenders Association of America, Indicom, Accelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility RE, Modex, and so many more. Check them all out at our website, Lickin' on Lending. Appreciate you being here. Have a great week, everyone, and see you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.